Photography 101, hosted by Scott Wittenberg. Lesson 11. Hello again. I think capturing motion is one of the most satisfying techniques in still photography. In fact, I did my master's thesis on motion photography, and I'd like to share some of the images as well as some tips on motion photography in this episode. First of all, there are a couple of different kinds of motion. There's blurred motion, and there's frozen motion. An example of blurred motion could be seen in this black and white shot of a duck in flight. Blurred motion is the result of an object moving during a relatively long shutter speed. In most cases, any shutter speed below 1 60th of a second will result in a blurred object when the object is in motion during exposure. How much it blurs depends on the length of exposure time. The longer the shutter speed, the more the object blurs. The exposure for this shot was 1 15th of a second at f5.6 using ISO 100 film. Frozen motion can be seen in this image. While the model was in motion, I fired a studio flash head several times while the shutter was held open for several seconds. The result is a composite image showing each moment of movement frozen by the flash. Another example of frozen motion would be capturing a pole vaulter in mid-air. In order to capture blurred motion effectively, a tripod should be used to keep the camera steady. That way, the object in motion will appear blurry in the final print, while the stationary objects will remain crisp and in focus. I used a shutter speed of 1 8 of a second at f8 for this shot of a panel truck doing around 30 miles per hour. Note that the truck appears to have no wheels and seems to be airborne. This is the kind of cool things that happen when shooting motion. Here's another neat effect resulting from blurred motion photography. This is a shot of a train speeding along the tracks from right to left. Note how you can actually see through the train to the other side of the tracks. The sheer speed of the train allowed for this phenomenon to occur at this long shutter speed, which was about 10 seconds at f8. Another way to blur motion can be seen in this shot. In the studio, using only modeling lights, I zoomed in on the model with a zoom lens during a 3 second exposure. The result are the interesting lines of convergence occurring inward toward the model's face. By far my most ambitious motion study was this image, where the film actually moved during the exposure. Using an old SLR 35mm camera, I first advanced the black and white film to the very end of the roll with a lens cap over the lens to avoid exposing the film. After placing the camera on a tripod, I composed the model in the viewfinder using studio lights. With the shutter speed set on bulb, I tripped the shutter and held it open, pressed the rewind release button at the bottom of the camera, and with the shutter still open, I slowly rewound the film for a few seconds while the model sat perfectly still. Then I closed the shutter. I had only one shot at doing this since the rewind button had already been depressed. I rewound the film the rest of the way, developed it, and the result was this image. The movement of the film resulted in the elongated image of the model with composite images visible along its length. Next lesson, I'll show you how to shoot a physiogram, which is a technique that captures light in motion like this one. Well, that's about it for now. I hope you've learned something new in this lesson. Please don't forget to check out my new book, The Story Behind the Images, at scottwittenberg.com. This book is filled with images I've shot over the past 20 years and includes an illustrated how-to section at the end. Thanks for your support.
Until next time, goodbye.